Church family, happy morning of New Year's Eve. That doesn't make any sense, but we're here and we're online. Thank you so much for joining us online. And tomorrow is the day the diets start, the workouts start, the gym memberships start, the, the resolutions all begin. And what better time for us to gather together and to make some spiritual commitments than on December 31st so we can join the momentum of everybody else and have the right commitments in place. So here's what I want to do. We're in Honey's Coffee. We're obviously filming this beforehand, but we're thinking of you now being December 31st and the year is starting. I'm with two of my favorite people. We're going to have a real informal conversation of what it would look like to have the very best year we've ever had spiritually in 2024. I'll give you a kind of a thought to where all of this came from. We're talking about our discipleship pathway today. Uh, I was in my office and there was a guy who came in rock and roll guy. He was tatted up and he'd never been to church before. Literally came into church and when he got into church, his, his wife had been coming for a while with their child and he said he heard the music. And the moment he heard the music, he was like, I'm giving my heart to Jesus. I don't know anything about this, but there's something anointed and there's something, there's Jesus is in the music. Gives his heart to Jesus, wants to meet with me. We sit down in my office and he says this to me. This is literally what he said. He looked at me and he said, okay, said, I came to church on Sunday, gave my heart to Jesus. Now what? What am I supposed to do? And I thought in that moment, we need very clear language, very clear direction. We need a pathway to say, this is what it looks like for you to now thrive spiritually. So that's what we call our discipleship pathway. I'll give it to you here. It is meet with God daily, gather together weekly, grow deeper, and pursue the mission of Jesus together. What would it look like for us to have our very best year spiritually in 2024? We're gonna meet with God daily, gather together weekly, grow deeper, and pursue the mission of Jesus together. Um, let, let's dive in. As we do, I'm, I'm thinking through, I've got notes, don't know how much I'll stick to them, but like I said, I just wanna have a conversation with you. And um, for me, this is my heartbeat. When I think to, dissertation and I think to uh, work that I've done in the area of spiritual formation. Um, this is what it's all about. It's about making the commitments and making the goals specifically to meet with God daily, to thrive spiritually, gather together weekly, to be in community, grow deeper on my own. I take the keys to my own car spiritually and I live it out. And then I'm with the community of faith that I'm pursuing the mission of Jesus with together. Okay, that's a really long introduction for four parts. Uh, I'll skip the story and we'll dive right in. Meet with God daily. Uh, I mentioned dissertation. Part of my methodology was I did over 300 surveys over the course of 21 days to gather people together to see what would happen if people met with God daily. We did an A-B test. So we did an A test here of people who hadn't been. And then we did a B test of what happened to them when they met with God for 21 days. And I'll tell you, the most consistent, those who met with God every single day for 21 days, versus their counterparts that were the most inconsistent, that met with God less than seven days out of the course of 21. The people that did it experienced 80% more spiritual growth than those that did not. From victory over sin, to intimacy with God, to clarity in their mental health, to spiritual depth and growth and formation of theology. What do we call it? We said 
fight the devil, form theology, and fill your spirit. So what does it look like to fight the devil, to form theology, and to fill my spirit, to be fully satisfied in the Lord? Those that met with God daily experienced 80% more of that than those that didn't. Uh, let me read to you John 15, one through four. It says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Verse three, says, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Other translations say abide in me and I will abide in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. You've heard me talk about this before, but most, most revelation comes by repetition. I mean, we just got to get this into our spirit. We got to get it into our mind. It's got to be in front of our faces. It's got to hit us over and over and over. How many of you have experienced the retargeting, the, the ads stuff where you, you go to a website and then the second you leave that website, you get on social media and the first ad you see is something from that website or you're talking with somebody about something. How many times has this happened to us where we're literally talking to somebody about something and then the second we open up Instagram, there's an ad for it. They're listening to you right? Uh, but it happens. It's this retargeting. It's got to be in front of you. And you've heard me say it a thousand times and I'll say it a thousand more. The heartbeat to your spiritual life is not a weekly gathering. That's never what it's been intended to be. From garden to tent to tabernacle to temple to rebuild temple, to Jesus, to Holy Spirit, to the return of Jesus. The intention has never been, hey, I hope to see you once a week. It's never been the intention. The intention has been, here is my presence, my manifest presence, the presence of God, the presence that satisfies us, that heals us, that redeems us, that sustains us, that empowers us to live like Jesus and do what Jesus is doing. It's that presence and it's available and accessible. And as Leviticus 6 says, it must never go out. There's always a fire burning. He's always ready for us to meet with him. He's always ready for us to gather into his presence. And, and here's what I think we miss. And this is why that 80% is so important. Because over time, if you take 21 days and you stretch that out over 21 years and people are getting 80% more growth, 21 days, 21 days, 21 days, 21 days. Imagine how that compounds in the future. Like the, the spiritual life you could have versus the one you do have now, I would say is directly linked to your devotional life. In other words, if you're saying, man, I just wish I was closer to Jesus, I, I would ask you, how often are you spending time with him? Like how much time are you with him? Are you once a week, once a month when you don't have baseball? Once every three months when you're not busy on the weekends or traveling? Like what are you giving him? because you're going to get it back. Like he's going to give it right back to you. You know, I, when I talk about compounding, um, I, I one of my uncle, I was just a poor kid growing up. My uncle gave me a copy of rich dad, poor dad. And it's a book written by Robert Kiyosaki. Say what you want about all that. It's not my, that's not my realm. I know good financial advisors. I'm not one, but here's what I remember from the book. Um, one, his concept was buy assets that pay you 
and then use the money that they pay you to invest and experience the wonder of compounding interest. And I remember there was a chart inside of this book and, and it literally showed you if for 10 years you invested $5.40 a day, that's $2,000 a year, and you did that for 10 years, you would have invested $20,000. If you wait, like it was something like 23 years or 24 years, that 20,000 will be a million. Like, the wonder, and I, I saw that, and I was like, "There's absolutely no way. This is this is a hoax. There's there's no there's no way this can be possible." So then I read about the the rule of seventy two, right? You take seventy two and you divide it by your rate of return, and that tells you how long it'll take for you to to double your money, you know. And if you did ten percent every year, every seven point two years, you double your money. Your money doubles, and and I'm learning about compounding interest, and it's just mind blowing. Albert Einstein said compounding interest is the eighth wonder of the world. But then listen, a lot of people know that quote. Listen to what he says afterwards. Compounding interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it, and he who doesn't pays it. And think about that spiritually. Like, think about what that means to us spiritually. If I am, if I'm investing every day in my walk with Jesus, and someone else is investing once a week in their walk, with Jesus, it just makes logical sense. It makes methodological sense, but it also just makes common sense that the one who's gathering together daily is going to experience more victory. They're going to experience more growth. They're going to experience more strength. Like, that's what I'm pleading with you. Tomorrow is January 1. I'll just say it. If you make a commitment to the gym and you make it to the gym more times than you make it to your Bible in the morning, something's wrong. Something is wrong with your priorities. It's not God's issue. It's not life's busyness issue. It's not a stress issue. It's a priorities issue, right? If, if you, it, there is, and, and it's, it's understanding the value of it. Why am I sitting in a coffee shop three weeks before this airs begging you to do one thing? Because I believe in the power of it. Um, I'll tell you my personal story. Get radically saved as a punk teenager. Mom buys me a blue NIV Bible with my name in Boston silver on the outside of it. Asked me to read it. Nothing has transformed my life more. Remember being a 16-year-old kid taking and just reading through. Didn't even know what I was reading and it didn't matter because the word's living, the word is active, and it was transforming my heart. Daily devotions is compounding interest into our spiritual life. It's something we've got to begin doing. Okay, here we go. Uh, second one is this, gather together weekly. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. I love what Paul says about physical presence. He says in Romans 1, 11 through 12, for I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Isn't it ironic that we're talking about gathering together weekly as a church and right now we're not? 
right? Like I'm sitting in the room where we gathered together for six months on end every Thursday to film for Sunday during COVID when we couldn't gather together. And I can tell you something, this is fun and, and this is novelty and this is great for load in, load out, kids, volunteers, people who serve for five hours on Christmas Eve. And it, it's good to take a break, right? Bible's clear on the Sabbath. We need a Sabbath, we need a Sabbath break. But no connection at all is so dangerous for our souls. I mean, what does Paul say? I long to be with you physically. What does is, what is Hebrews 10 say? Let us not forsake. In other words, don't take for granted what we have when we come together. There is something that God does when we're alone, daily devotions, and there's something that God does when we're together that is different and as equally spiritually gratifying. God moves when we get together. We learn how to live as a community of faith together, and then we learn who we need to become to reach people that aren't yet part of our community together. And, and I'm preaching to the choir here, right? There's something, this is great. This church online thing is great right now, and it's a great break, but there's something missing right now right? There's something missing from us being in a room together, worshiping corporately together, experiencing God's presence together. We need it alone. We need it together. And then the third part is grow deeper. Um, and this is where I would just say the training wheels come off. You know, I think this is where we grow up spiritually. Um, this is where, look, when you're meeting with God daily and you're connected and you're attending church regularly, now it's time for the training wheels to come off and you to ride the bike on your own. You know, I love 2 Peter 3, 17 through 18. You already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. In other words, Peter is saying at some point you got to grow up. At some point, this has to become your own lifeblood. You can't have your parents' faith. You can't have your grandparents' faith. You can't live on the faith of someone else. At some point, you have to have your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Listen to Paul, 1 Corinthians 3, 2-3. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger and you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? In other words, Paul says you're not ready for the deeper stuff, and because you're not ready for the deeper stuff, you're still messing with the sinful stuff. When you get off the sinful stuff, you got to start diving into the deeper stuff, right? Like it has to become something that boils up and births out of you. You guys should see Jan's face right now with that train in the background. He's like, what? Let's just roll through it. Can we roll through it? You guys okay with the train? Okay, here. Um, listen to Hebrews 5.14. It says, solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and and raw. Like I said, this is the point where the training wheels come off. I tell people, if you are walking with God daily and you're gathering together weekly for, for with, the, with the church, don't come to me saying, I need to be deeper. I'll tell you to get a shovel and start digging. 
Like there's more resources for you. There's more opportunity for you from commentaries to online studies, to seminary, to free Bible courses, to just plugging in and growing in groups with the church and everything else in between. But the, the, the most important thing, I think when, it, when we say grow deeper is it becomes my commitment to take my faith under my own control and my own leadership and craft the future path for me, right? In other words, I'm not asking everyone else to do it for me. Once you get what you need to get, now it's time to put it to work and grow on your own. My son, Kanan, uh, he broke his hand. And when he broke his hand, he got really good at ordering me around. Like he would tell me, hey, dad, uh, brush my teeth. I can't brush my own teeth. Dad, I need a fork. And you, you've got a fully functioning other hand, right? But like totally took advantage of, dad, I need a water bottle. Get your own water bottle. My hand's broke. Well, you got one that works, but I can't twist the cap off, dad. See, like I can't, I can't open the cap. Of the, so he's like, just get the bottle. So I start serving this kid hand and foot, right? Um, and then I forget that his cast came off. And we were sitting at dinner one night and he said, Dad, will you grab me a bottle of water? I was like, oh yeah, sure, buddy. And I grabbed the bottle of water and I looked at him and I said, wait, you don't have a cast anymore. And he smiled at me and he said, I know, I was just seeing if you'd still do it. Right? Like what? Little boy, you gonna play me like that, you know? But that's where I think some of us get stuck spiritually is like, I don't wanna grow deeper. I want you to do that for me. Um, I don't, I don't want to read on my own. I want you to do that for me. I don't want to study on my own. I want you to do that for me. I don't want to answer my own questions with the hard work. I want you to answer my questions for me. Can you do it for me? No, at some point your faith becomes your faith. And that's when we begin to grow deeper. And I think that's where, that's where the turn of maturity happens in spiritual growth. Someone's taught me how to meet with God daily. I'm gathering together weekly with the church and I'm growing. But now on Monday, when something boils up in my spirit, I'm going to lean into that and I'm going to grow through that and I'm going to walk through that. And then lastly, pursue the mission of Jesus together. John 17, 16 through 19, we always say we are not Church is not a place we sit in. It's a place we're sent from. Jesus called us his sent ones. Listen to this. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. So we're learning, we're growing, we're learning truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. We're sent ones. We're sent into the world filled up with the truth and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. What's the great commission? Matthew 28, 19 through 20, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Look, I've, I've got a cute little story here that I could tell you, but it's New Year's Eve. I'm sure you've got plans. We're all here gathered together. Here's what I want to say to you. And I, I would even go so far as to, to almost put a guarantee on it. Like nothing's going to change your life in 2024 more than if you meet with God daily, gather together weekly with the church, grow deeper on your own, and pursue the mission of Jesus together. What is pursue the mission of Jesus together? It is to live like Jesus and do what Jesus did. Start with Matthew, move to Mark, then to Luke, and roll over into John. 
Look at Jesus. Who was Jesus? What did Jesus do? I've got my example. Walk out the doors and go do it. Family, I'm begging you. And I'm begging you because I love you. And I'm begging you because I love you and I've experienced it myself. Nothing, 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 nothing. Not a raise, not a diet, not a workout plan. Nothing is going to transform you more than these four things right here. Meet with God daily, gather together weekly, grow deeper, and let's pursue the mission of Jesus together. Love you. Have a great week.